0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio X, broadcasting live from the Tempe Max 6 studio. And we are excited to have a conversation with the amazing SciTech Institute. We've got new team members. We've got long-term team members. We have a CSO in the house and the CSO in the That's house right. and sponsor. We've got it all. So, with that, I would like to introduce you to Kelly Green and let her introduce herself to you, and then we'll take it from there.
2: Hello, everybody. So, this is our SciTech podcast. And we're so excited to be in the studio with Karen. Thank you again for having us back and really coaching us on what our podcast can become. So what is SciTech Institute? We are connecting STEM in Arizona and beyond. So today we have a focus on women in engineering and women in STEM. But first I wanted to kind of kick off some of the people that we have in the room. So from Michigan, we have our director of global partnerships for the chief science officers program. Jake, you want to say hi?
0: Hi, everybody. This is Jake Lounsbury, and I am not in the room because I am in Michigan.
2: And nor are you a female.
0: <laughs> I, no, I'm the I'm gray haired old guy in the corner.
2: Are you? Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. And then we also have a new team, team member, Katie. So she's going to be helping us this year really connecting workforce opportunities for not only students in Arizona, but just the community for raising the awareness. Katie, you want to say hi?
3: Hi, everyone. Yes, Katie Reno here. Just joined the team as the new community outreach manager. Thrilled to be supporting and working with SciTech Institute.
2: And then we have CSO of the Year. Shalai, you want to say hi? Hi, everyone.
4: Uh, I am CSO Shalai, and I am a member of the International Leadership Council and then also the current CSO of the Year. So I'm really excited to be here to talk uh, today about women in engineering, women in STEM.
2: And the coolest part is we also have Sarah here, who is actually Chalet's mentor. So the nice um, bond that they've created and then the ability to plan and, you know, hit some of the highlights for planning this podcast. Uh, it was really nice to have you back, Sarah. So you want to say
5: hi? Hi, thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Very glad to be with Chalet and um strong advocate for youth and women in STEM as well. So this is a dream come true.
2: So a little bit about SciTech. We are really established as the conduit for collaboration among the STEM industry, but also academics, civic, nonprofit organizations to really align the assets and resources to motivate individuals to pursue STEM interests. So the nice part about having these different individuals on the um, podcast with us tonight is really to highlight what we're doing and where we'd like to go and what we could call out to the public that are listening, what can they do, how could they get involved and how could they actually experience science and technology, not only here in Arizona, but in their communities. So currently we're amping up for our ribbon cutting ceremony at the Connect to STEM event on January 25th, downtown at the University of Arizona Medical Campus. We're so excited about all of the community members coming together with thousands of exhibitors, participants, community members to celebrate STEM here in Arizona. Throughout the next few months, we have January through April, we have hundreds of events from community events to business industry events to school-led events and then, of course, CSO events. So, Shalai, talk a little bit about a CSO event on campus. What is the requirement for a CSO and their action plan?
4: Yeah, so uh, chief science officers, we do these things called action plans, which is basically how we impact the STEM environment at our school, how we impact our community, and, uh, yeah, just how we really educate our peers about STEM Um, and so these things there's a wide range of action plans that CSOs can complete from STEM clubs to STEM nights, STEM weeks, uh, lots of different things. It's really up to the CSO as long as their action plan educates their students, uh, their fellow peers, and the members of their community then it's a go. So Uh, Some examples at my school, we actually held an astronomy night where we brought out some telescopes and some really, uh, you know, big telescopes that could see the moon really well. And so that really excited students. We also had an inflatable planetarium where students could look at constellations. Uh, So yeah, there's definitely a wide range. We also did a tech workshop because we surveyed our students to see what they were most interested in and We found that most of them really wanted us to plan an event that had to do with engineering and like uh, tech and things like that.
2: Oh, that's awesome. So So the nice part about this year is we kind of went around our program approach a little bit differently. We actually partnered with Bear Essentials and our outreach is a lot stronger through the distribution of the Bear Essentials newspaper, which is actually printed in Tucson. They do a Tucson print and a Phoenix print and we are just so excited about learning about Boomer Bear, who's on the cover for 40 years. They have a search and I remember find. Bear
1: Essentials Yeah, as a teacher. Absolutely. And
2: so the nice part about, you know, really focusing on not only what Shalé was talking about, the students doing some sort of awareness, outreach, action plan, but also the distribution network of really getting the teachers interested helping the students find out what they're interested, and then now broadening that idea of what we're going to talk about today, which is women in STEM and engineering. So um, again, let's. I know, Sarah, you and Chalet were talking about a couple of different things that you wanted to highlight today. Do you have anything you want to start with?
5: Wow. Well, we only met at Starbucks for about five minutes before this, so we didn't get to make a cohesive outline, but we're both very passionate about women in STEM and have a lot of really influential ladies that have inspired us, and we'd love to talk about them. Yeah.
4: All right, so uh, I'll start it off, actually, with a little bit of story time. Uh, So when I was nine years old for Christmas, I actually got a Lego, and it was of four a woman who worked at NASA and who were very influential at NASA. And so ever since I received that Lego, uh, I've always kind of looked up to those four women as my idols. And yeah, I've just been really inspired about uh, inspired by them, especially because I want to work at NASA someday.
2: Oh, good thing we took you there, right? Twice <laughs> for the CSO International Summit. It was so exciting. It really was.
4: I'm jealous. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, uh, first
2: women, the first woman
4: that I want to talk about is actually Margaret Hamilton. And Sarah and I both actually are have done a bit of research on her and really admire her work. Her work led to the development of Uh, a lot of onboard flight software for the Apollo moon missions. And yeah, she actually was the one who kind of created the term software engineering because before her um, engineering, working on software and things like that, it wasn't really considered an official engineering field. Only hardware engineering was. So she was a catalyst in that field, which is
2: really, really cool. Quick question. Would you ever go out to space? (laughs) Sarah, would you? Definitely. All right, Shalai, would you go to space?
5: Yeah, I think I
2: would. Really? Katie, what about you? No way. Me either. Karen? <laughs> I'm thinking not. <laughs> what, are you, what about you, Jake? Would you go out to space? Wait, he's well, already in space. No, just I, I,
0: I, you stole my line, Kelly. I was going to say, everybody says I'm already a space cadet, but yes, I think I would.
2: That's awesome. Woo!
4: Sarah, do you want to touch a little bit on Margaret Hamilton?
5: Definitely. I'm looking at a picture of her because I have her printed out um, right next to another computer scientist, Katie Bowman. They are both MIT uh, PhD students, and they both contributed incredible things to the field of STEM. So for Margaret Hamilton, she... I think as you touched on, wrote the code that helped put a man on the moon. Um, I have several pages of notes from her. And my favorite thing about her um, is that probably her confidence in herself. Because working in at NASA where it wasn't a recognized field of software engineering and she was the first woman to do – really what, the first human to do what she did, to be honest, gender ir- irregardless um, – there was a notice from the Eagle, which was the lunar module approaching the moon, that said there was a hardware issue. Mm. But everybody trusted Margaret's code so much that they let let Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin land on the moon, and it was a successful mission. And when it came back, they uh, analyzed what the actual issue was, and it was something unrelated to either—definitely not her software, something related to the hardware triggering an issue that was false. So— that confidence in herself and those men supporting her is just extremely powerful. And in comparison, the reason Katie Bowman is in this image, too, is because she was the first woman, human again, to write a code to take the first image of a black hole. Mm. And this was just last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. In April of 2019, another PhD at MIT. She was 29 years old at the time, a computer scientist. She took a well, she and she's very humble because she worked with a team of 200 and she doesn't want to get all the credit. But right. she is a woman that is not going to be lost in the history of what a um, great accomplishment this is. Um, So she and her team stitched together a code that she had a huge contribution in, and it took a picture of the black hole at the heart of the Messier 87 galaxy, 55
2: million light years from Earth. Wow. Karen, do you know where that is? (laughs) Can (laughs) we Google Google map that? Oh my gosh. I can have my... my. my, I'm already mind blown right now. And just last year, that's fascinating to me.
5: Yep, just last year. And in comparison, uh, Margaret's was in 1969.
2: Right. I think the really nice moment there was that you said not just woman, but human. Mm -hmm. And I think acknowledging where we are currently and, you know, even with Jake and other guests (laughs) in the room, like this is a pretty... Female dominant conversation, but I think it's important that there were men at the table mm-hmm. and that she was a valued contributor in 1969 and then also now the 200 members of her team. I think, Shalai, you and I can talk about it with Jake, that there are so many CSOs working on incredible action plans around our network that nobody's doing it alone. So, really getting connected. And I think that's the exciting part about SciTech Institute is we're not trying to say we're doing everything. We want to connect you with the right people that are willing to help you achieve your goals. So, I think, you know, just as a member of a team and being a female, I think it's exciting to be. In a place to make decisions, but to have a team supporting you. So you know, shout out to my teammates on the call. But um, yeah, great. Do you have any other key ladies you'd like to highlight? Oh, so many, so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we many. could go on for more than our sixty hours, sixty minute show. We could live <laughs> sixty hours. Sure, <laughs> live yes. someone I like you a lot, Karen. <laughs> yeah. We're moving in. Who
1: else? Yeah,
4: uh, I think we also we both really wanted to touch on the all women uh, spacewalk that recently happened. Yes, and it was really really powerful because. There have been a lot of uh, spacewalks in the past, specifically 220, but only 14 of those 220 spacewalks have included women. Mm -hmm. And this is the first spacewalk that is completely female, all women. Uh, So that's something that's really powerful. And the women on there, they're all on the spacewalk. They're all just really uh, inspirational, especially because if you know anything about spacewalks, you know that they are... Very, very physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just the fact that these women are brave enough and have the power to go out and do this incredible feat, literally walking in space is. Uh,
2: really inspiring, I think, for a lot of young women uh, all over the world. Absolutely. So I definitely want to touch on, so are you, Shale. So I think <laughs> that we need to acknowledge the fact that Karen thought you were a college freshman, <laughs> and we did. had to let her know that you are a freshman in high school, a third year CSO, selected as CSO of the Year last year as an eighth grader, doing tremendous things, training students all around the country, traveling with me, and helping them become inspired. So kudos to you, young lady, and mm-hmm. thanks for being. Here tonight, so I appreciate you.
1: Can, Can we keep- go back? Was sure, it the here. Lego? Do you think that really made, like, why why become a CSO? What was the what was the impetus for you wanting to be part of this and become a leader in this role?
4: Yeah, and I think honestly, uh, the program was introduced to me. Uh, one of my favorite teachers, who actually ended up being my advisor at my school, he came into my room one day, and I uh, just had a flyer for this program. He didn't really know what it was, but he mentioned that it was a leadership program as well as a STEM program. And it was the leadership part that really caught my attention because uh, I've always just been a uh, leader in groups and things like that. Um, and so just this opportunity that he presented to uh, take leadership on a little bit of a higher and more impactful level sounded really uh interesting to me. And then I also, of course, was super interested and am super interested in STEM, specifically astrophysics and all of that. Mm-hmm. So just the um combined those combined fields was made it really sound like the perfect program for me to be involved in. And can we give that teacher a shout-out? His name is Dr. Taylor. Dr.
1: Taylor. Mm-hmm. And he was at uh, Conley? Conley Middle School, yeah. yes. So little Tempe. little known <laughs> fact. I am also a Conley graduate. At, mm-hmm. Back then it was a junior high, but I think it's a middle school now, not that yeah. it matters, but it was a two-year school. And then you and I both, well, you will be. I was <laughs> making you a graduate already, but I'm a 1983 graduate from McClintock High School, which mm-hmm. is where you're currently enrolled. Yeah, I'm and, a freshman at McClintock Yeah, a freshman. So. And Kelly is right, when we got, uh, got introduced finally, because we've been talking about you for months now, all good, I thought you were already in, in college. So you certainly have a presence of a leader. I can't wait to see what you do yes. moving into the future, right? right? Jake, you've had a chance to work with Chalet a lot as well, haven't you?
0: I have. And, you know, we say work with, but I work for Chalet a lot of (laughs) times.
1: (laughs) I love it. What does that Um, mean?
0: Well, so the CSOs, the the nice thing about the program is it's really, really student-led. And Chalet has been one of the the key individuals, especially in the Arizona program, that has stepped up and really given what we said it was going to be meaning. Like she stepped up, she took responsibility for the other students around her, inspiring the other students around her. And the nice thing is, in working with Chalet, I started in the program as a teacher advisor. And I actually had a young lady that was in the program as well. And it was seeing videos of people like Chalet that were out talking about what she was doing and how excited she was about the program that got Carissa excited in it too. So she really sets the example And I just kind of follow the lead and let them take the reins.
1: I love that.
2: That Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Katie, what does that mean to you in this new role of community (laughs) outreach and, you know, seeing a freshman really embracing that role? What are you excited about?
3: Well, it's incredibly inspiring. It's the kudos go out to I can't wait to see what she what she does in the future and how much of an impact she makes on the world and the difference you make in your community and on the world. It's really, really exciting. I can't wait to share your story and help connect you with, as you mentioned earlier, not just the people who are willing to help her achieve her goals, but who are able and who want to, Um, I, I just think you're going to do great things. It's very inspiring.
0: And and that I don't want to interrupt too much, but that's, what's really key. You know, I, I watched Chile. We just went to Washington in October And I watched Shalei literally walk through the Capitol building like she owned it and have conversations with very large decision makers that led to them giving me phone calls because they wanted the program in their state. So it's really powerful when the students take the lead and show the adults what they can do. And Shalei does an excellent job with that.
3: And I think the opportunities that this program will open up for her, for her career and her aspirations are just going to be a tremendous benefit to her going forward. But vice versa, she's going to do a lot. For
2: oh, she already has, I right? Mean, she, has, for, 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 she already has a to do list just for next week,
3: yes. <laughs> I mean, first for us as an organization, Sci Institute, but also for the organization she's going to join as an employee someday,
0: absolutely. So,
1: I want to speak to the for our listeners who may not be involved at all as a CSO or in the Sci Institute or really anything in their school yet, and they're sitting here listening, whether they're you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, or or in high school, you don't have to already be a leader to step into a leadership role. You've got to trust yourself and kind of put yourself out of your comfort zone to say, I want this and I want to figure out the way and I'm going to trust that there's going to be people, adults and professionals that are going to rally around me. Would you agree that, because sometimes I think we make the mistake, male or female, we listen to some, a podcast like this and we think, oh, I could never be like Chalet. She just, she was born ready to go. Well, maybe she was, maybe she wasn't, but she put herself in a position to start saying, let me see what this is like. Let me give this a I don't want to put words in, into your mouth or in, into the way that you think, but what would you have to say, any of you, let's start with Chalet, um as a motivator for someone who might be listening and wouldn't be sure if this would be for them or not?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely, I think it's really important that people know it definitely is possible because uh, I've trained a lot of CSOs and I have seen that that transition so many times uh, from someone just being uh, kind of, you know, not as not as eager to lead them becoming someone who is always at the, the front of the lines, you know, and always uh, super, super eager to lead. So I think that is a really amazing uh, transformation. And I think it's really important that people do know that that is possible. And uh, the piece of advice that I always give to CSOs and uh, anyone who asks for any advice is that to uh, take any opportunity that you get um, because that is really the way that you change and you grow is by uh, going through lots of different experiences and just experiencing as many things as possible, especially if there are programs that can get you uh, experience in what the workforce is really like and just lots of different things. Anything that you're passionate about, I think, experiencing it and just taking those opportunities to do those great things is a really important first step.
2: So the nice part about that is actually leading off how I met Chalet and how I decided this young lady has piqued my interest. So as the director of student success, one of the things we require is what we call cabinet meetings. And we had held our cabinet meeting on Semiconductor, who's another um, sponsor of our organization and the CSO um, program. She was there, and as she talks about taking opportunities, she wasn't just going through the tour. She was asking such precise questions about the wafers that they were creating and the specifics of what they do at On Semi, and I was standing in the back just, A, blown away by, what did she just ask? I don't know what she's talking about. And then the adult that was then tilting their head and saying, wow, they actually have intelligent questions and they're not just taking the tour. We find that, Jake can attest to it, that so many businesses, when they interact, all these STEM professionals, Sarah, you can talk to it next, is that when they start working with chief science officers or students that are just interested, right? They might not know exactly what they want, but if there is an adult that is actively engaged in a decent conversation with students, then they're going to really give you the, the satisfaction that you know, our future's in good hands. These students are capable, but we need to circle back and let them ask the questions and give them the opportunities, like Shaley's mentioning. We do that a lot, not only with SciTech Institute, the SciTech Festival, like get out there, experience it, try it. You might not like everything, but if you get out there and say yes to more than one opportunity, you never know what you might find interesting. That's that's why I'm here, right? I was in the army. And then I was teaching sixth grade math. And now look, you know, the, we're here in the studio. We said yes.
3: Yeah, <laughs> can yes. Can keep saying yes. Inquiry is everything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is such a tremendous learning opportunity for everybody. And particularly for these young folks, it's just the whole program is all about learning. That's what this is all about. And so it's a great way for them to learn more about something that they might not have realized they were interested in because it, it gives them exposure to something new. It connects them with with new people in a different field, in a different area. And the networking opportunity alone will, is just another great learning learning opportunity for these young What's folks. it
2: like for you, Sarah, as a mentor? What was, what were some of your thoughts?
3: Yes. Well, I was going to say
5: just hearing Shillet talk is already so powerful. And it just like bubbles me up with happiness. And, you, you know, as you said, kind of like hope for our future. This is our future. You are a future. And... I can tell from – if everyone in the world was like you at your age, it would be a beautiful future. And it's just really powerful. And seeing young people with such bright minds and a desire to learn, a desire to help, desire to contribute – is it reignites the passion in the same field as an adult. So maybe we had it when we were younger and we're just now going through the motions. We have our job We're you know, we're living life day to day. But then you see this and it's, you're so excited to learn something new. You get a new experience. And I completely agree. Take every opportunity. And those opportunities should never get old. They're always something to learn from. They're always something to make you better, smarter. And um, it's just really, it's really, I'm so grateful to be able to, uh, learn from you. That's what it is.
2: So I'd put out to all of our listeners, what's your Lego set that inspired you, right? I, I think that that's something that you just tapped into of, you know, maybe you had an interest when you were, I don't know, what are you, 14, Chile? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, we're so old. But, um, you know, you think about it, what inspired you? in times of change, absolutely. The you know, access to technology and the information age and just the speed of things is completely different from when I was a kid. But I visited Highland High School today, and their library is more of like a collaborative workspace instead of just books and shelves. And it was really neat to see that change in students need a place to be safe and to learn. It's not necessarily about the circulation desk in the books on the shelf, but the fact that the students were there together and we had a STEM club meeting and talking about what are they interested in so the SciTech Institute could support them. But really getting back to that, what inspired you? And so, Chale, talking about your Lego, you know, that that's inspiring because somebody is out there playing and imagining their future. And, you know, if you look at the, you know, some of the new toys out there for young girls, they're more – they have a different um, selling piece to them. There's more ethnicity. There's more um, job careers, you know, in some of those, like, dolls out there. So it's it's changing. And I th- do you think that some of the um, powerful women that you mentioned – I'm sure you have a couple more, but do you think they – played a role because Chalet, we just went to see that movie, Underwater. Don't I'm not a scary movie person, (laughs) but we were asked to go screen this science movie and woo, I spilled my popcorn a few times. But Chalet, what did tell me about your watching that as a young woman with a strong female lead? And granted I didn't like the scary part, but to me, I don't know if I had that growing up, a movie that had the leading role as a tech... She was a technical engineer. I don't remember what her title was. But she was doing things that I think maybe were on the right path of really inspiring young women. What are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, for sure. And that was one of my main takeaways from the movie. And even growing up in the the past uh, decade, that's the first movie I've seen with a leading woman who did have a STEM career or a STEM role. And I think that was... Even... It was advertised as a as a horror movie, you know, thriller. It was scary. I didn't like it. <laughs> but underneath that, I really liked the message of female empowerment and just the fact that these uh, there were two women in the movie who were really powerful and who were the leaders of uh, everyone surviving, in the movie. And, right? Yeah, yeah, and surviving. And so I think just just being able to see that, it makes me, makes me really happy. I have a younger sister and the fact that she's going to be growing up, uh, seeing things like that. And the fact that that's out there for young women, um, I think it proves that there's a lot of progress and going back to the toys thing that you said, uh, even just going through target, looking at the toy aisles, there are so many, uh, that are of women in STEM and these little science experiments, you know, all of these, Whether it has to do with like slime or anything like that. Slime.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Teacher's worst nightmare. (laughs) So I want to bring it back to the inspiring moments. And maybe there's, I had three older sisters, right? So being the younger sister, they pretty much said, you will and can do anything. It was kind of how I've lived my life. And thanks to those sisters. So shout out to them. But maybe um, thinking about... Your moment or the turning point of seeing yourself as an engineer and what in your life, Sarah, kind of directed you to saying, I can. And it wasn't necessarily gender-based because like I said, you know, I was in the army and there were certain number of jobs I wasn't allowed to do because I was a female. So some of those things are already kind of predetermined. But like you said, Chalet, it gives me that hope that it doesn't matter. Everybody can, you know, participate. So what are your thoughts?
5: First, I want to say you must be the best influence, best big sister, because mm, that's right? awesome to hear. <laughs> yes. I didn't know you had a little sister. I bet you're following in your footsteps. She's going to be the next CSO of the year. But um, my moment, realizing that I could and wanted to participate in the world of STEM, actually, my list of women in STEM starts with my mom. So she's a registered nurse. She actually went to school after I was born. So I was raised with her studying and teaching me all of these Latin words for vomit and whatever else (laughs) she was going through at the time and um, really becoming desensitized to uh, like surgery and things like that. And I was so gung ho about being a doctor or something in the medical field. Um, Went to college. She sat with me as I um, like filled out. The courses I was interested in, she was really pushing um, the medical stuff, and of course, I'm interested in biology, chemistry, physics. Anyway, it's what I've always been interested, in, math in particular. Um, but I get into these classes, I realize I don't like blood. I think I talked about this last sure. time. You did, talk yeah, about. I did. I, didn't, I really don't, I don't like, like blood. blood either. I don't like
2: scary movies. Yeah, we're We've touching
5: people. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of uh, apply that science. To something else, um, <clears throat> that passion to science for something else. Um, I took a few – it took a few years in before I actually was faced with adversity. And that's what made me really realize that I can and I will. I will push through this. Um, it's a male-dominated field. They – Honestly, the guys are pretty nice, but the girls are really competitive for whatever reason. That's why I really try to promote more women joining STEM. So it's just more normalized. Um, but for whatever reason, I was, I've was i always been kind of a girly girl. I was wearing a skirt, walking around. The girls were kind of mean to me. They said, there's no way you're an engineer. At that point, I was applying to be an engineer. was like looking into those classes and I was like, oh, really? Actually, well, I am. I'm going to be. And that, from that moment on, kept wearing my skirts and started taking my physics and quantum and thermodynamics and transport. And it was so empowering to be able to wear mascara and still take the classes with all the boys. So
2: you go, girl. So okay. you, I
5: still wear heels all the time. Me too. Yes. And, here,
1: and I'm here. watching shalay listen to her mentor and it's fun yeah. because she's just smiling and beaming much like you were smiling and beaming as she was speaking. It's so, the coolest relationship
2: yeah. to see them grow together. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, as you know, I'm probably a generation and a half ahead of both of them. Um, but to really know that you have that, I th- I want you to know that that's going to stick for a long time. Mm-hmm. You will always remember Sarah and you'll always remember Chalet because of the the turning points that you have in each other's lives. And I hope you invite her to high school graduation because she wants to go, even <laughs> if she hasn't said it already. She wants to come to college and, you know, she wants to see you at NASA someday if that's really where you go. Like she wants to go see you at work. So keep that in mind. What about you, Katie? So
3: I, I actually have a question for Sarah. So you mentioned that in your experience, it seems like women tend to be more competitive in engineering and in those fields and at both the school level and professional level, I'm assuming. Is that, do you think that's because of, or one of the factors and reasons behind that is because they typically tend to be male dominated fields. So women have to perhaps try harder, assert themselves more to be, get noticed and to make a huge difference and a huge impact. What What are your thoughts on that? Exactly. You got it.
5: A lot of um, these women are nice, of course, but being in this field where you're constantly faced with uh, are you supposed to be here kind of questions, mm. you get thick skin. Interesting. And having thick skin can come off as um, aggressive yeah, or rude sure. or something when someone else is trying to speak to you on something or protective of your work or something like that. Whereas I've always been a very open, bubbly, like let me share anything with you, read my notebook, take my notes, uh, read my diary. But um, I kind of it was a little bit. <laughs> that
2: might be a, much, a <laughs> bit much. <laughs> no,
5: I feel it. I'm open book. Read all about it. But that openness is sometimes frowned upon when other people don't have it within themselves.
3: So do you find that you're one of the, the few supportive Definitely. women in, in your field?
5: Well, no, I think there's many, many of us. It's just that that moment was really inspiring because that one person that told me about the skirt was not. Um, ah. But there is, uh, one of my favorite quotes is there's there's two different types of ladies. There's the look at me ladies and there's the come with me ladies. Mm-hmm. And I like to be a come with me lady. Yes. I like Epic. Like that. I like that. Yeah. I, love it. I like to be like, a, here's here's where I am and here's how I got here. Let me help you too.
2: I think I'm going to write that on our board. I definitely want to be a come with me lady. Perfect yes. transition.
5: I actually printed my favorite poem. Yes. Um, it's very short. Go um, for it. Are you ready? Go for it. So it is a poem by Rupi Kaur, who is a beautiful poet, always standing for um, women empowerment. And I really love this poem. It's called Legacy. I stand on the sacrifices of a million women before me thinking, what can I do to make this mountain taller so the women after me can see further? Wow. I love it.
1: I want to share too. I just looked this up. Joe Puzz does his podcast here and he's on his third season. He's a project management consultant. And not too long ago, he had three women on with him. Elise Stevens, she's an advocate for women in project management. Linda Statton, who is the director at WebPT Incorporated here locally. And Cornelia Homewood, who, was, who is a PM technical consultant with Colme Group. The conversation was so dynamic. I highly encourage people to go listen to that about women in these male-dominated fields and industries because the motivation that they shared, like Sarah was just sharing, blew me away. And Joe, I've gotten to know because he's, again, been a host and a sponsor of one of our shows for going on three years now. And after we got done, he was teary-eyed. And Joe's never teary-eyed, at least not with me. But he has two sons and he has a daughter. And he said, I had no idea And I kept thinking about my daughter when you talked about how different it is for us women to stand up and lead and find our way into whatever's that we want to do. You know, you mentioned, you know, putting on mascara and wearing a skirt. (laughs) These women spoke much about the same thing. And even if mascara and and wearing skirts isn't your thing, oftentimes we step into a boardroom or we step into a meeting where we're going to give a presentation. And if it's mainly men, we have to think about things that guys don't have to think about.
2: Absolutely. And
1: and so it's really a well um, well listened to podcast if you're interested again it's episode 9 for Joe's season 2 and it's Project Management Office Hours with Elise Stevens, uh, Linda Stanton and Cornelia Homewood and the and the companies represented are again WebPT Incorporated actually run and operated by um, Heidi Janenga here, who's a hometown hero, and Colme group as well. So well worth a listen as it relates a lot
2: to the topic we're talking about. I think we definitely put that link in our podcast post. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to get the two males, we have Jake (laughs) and we have John, and maybe talking about, A, working with women who are You know, maybe I I come off aggressive myself, so Jake, be friendly. But the idea of working with women or encouraging women to be successful. So I know, John, you have two daughters, and then Jake, you have a daughter. But then just your experience in the workforce and what you'd like to share. Let's start with John.
6: So, yeah, I have have two daughters, uh, both in STEM fields. Uh, One's a mechanical engineer working in the medical industry, and the other is a, a doctor or nurse practitioner. Uh, she just uh, got her uh, PhD. So I'm very proud of what they've accomplished. And I've I've also, you know, I've got 40 years in industry, um, both uh, working in in mostly high-tech industry space uh, and and various uh, kind of products and cross paths with lots of different people, lots of different skills and capabilities over the years. And I've always tried to just treat people based on what they're bringing to the table, not whether they're male or female. And um, more recently than, than in the past, I've come across some uh, young female engineers that were just fantastic, had a real focus on the details. They really wanted to learn. And uh, one in particular uh, that I worked with, a young mechanical engineer, uh, was in an um, innovation mentoring program I was doing at my last company. And she wanted to understand Every little detail and every, every facet of what she was working on, even if it wasn't part of her job, so that she could understand what she was doing better and make the product, project better. And she in, really inspired me to, to spread what, uh, her approach to these things to other people. Uh, another one that, that got me was a uh, robotics contest, the Lego robotics contest. Lego is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And um, I was judging a uh, project at Lego Robotics Contest, and there were five seventh-grade girls who had designed an artificial kidney. And wow. I, I was judging it. I could find absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was, it was a fantastic design. I had never seen anything like it. I actually told them, hey, look me up in 10 years and come work for my company. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I think it's really became you know, getting to the point where it really shouldn't matter, doesn't matter uh, in many places.
2: I think that's a great point, right? We, Karen and I are huge champions of that and sitting on Treasures for Teachers board together. It's really exciting to be in those conversations. I think there's a gender shift, which is really nice to see Chalet um, leading on that forefront and the students of, you know, not only our programs, but Jake, you can talk about you know, your experience too with our CSOs, we have over 60% are female, but then also the students that they're interacting with, because even Shalai did a girls in STEM outreach for what do they need and what are, what are they um, hoping to learn? And so she did some work there. But what are your thoughts, Jake?
0: Well, and you know, I speak as a father too, and being part of the program and and looking at what CSO does, and I want to go kind of far back in the conversation to Karen talking about those students that maybe don't think they're leaders and joining the program, because I've seen students, especially young ladies. And I talk about, I always talk about two of them, Nora from Kuwait and Carissa from Michigan, who were the wallflowers. Nora, at some point when I first met her, looked at me and said, just don't make me talk. Mm. And to watch these young ladies find their place and really not, not find it, take their place. Like they, they reach out and they grab it. And I think about, I have three daughters and it's really inspiring to see that happen because I remember Nora, when I first met her saying that, and then we went and did their LTI in Kuwait a year ago and she's running around and she's taking care of things and she's fixing registration and she's making sure students are in their class and she's telling students that are frustrated, to you know, relax and this is what we're going to do. And she's really in front of everybody. And her mother approached me and her mother's got tears in her eyes, and she looks at me and she says, I want to thank you, and I'll try not to cry myself here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My daughter is finally becoming a woman. She has her own opinions, and she's taking charge of her life. I think and I confidence building is a really thing.
1: big deal, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's huge, especially for you to sit back and have that accolade and that acknowledgement, knowing, as you said just a moment ago, that you yourself have daughters,
0: And that's, I think the big thing for me is, and this is where I love working for Chalet, is I watch young ladies like her inspire the other young ladies. Because as a dad, I can tell my daughters they can do anything they want. But I'm still the gray-haired guy sitting at the end of the table. True. And it doesn't have the same effect as someone like Chalet walking up to them and saying, you can do this. Or someone like Kelly, who has had the life experience that she's had, walking up and saying, you can do this. Because I don't experience the things you talk about and the challenges you have. Like, I know they're there and they've been brought to my attention, but I never, I didn't experience them. So to have someone be able to step up to them and say, I've been in your shoes, you can do it, is so powerful. And it's one of the things I love about being in this program, because I see the leaders grow like Chalet, like CSO Marissa, like CSO Carissa, my CSO that was in Michigan. She did not want to speak And by the end of the year, her first year in the program, she was walking to the principal's office, handing him documents saying, this is what I need for the next field trip.
2: (laughs) It's pretty exciting to see them take charge for sure. And
1: as a former assistant principal, third grade teacher and leader in our community business leader, it is critical that students... Learn to have an opportunity to speak and have a voice. It doesn't matter what you're interested in. It could be STEM. It could be the arts. It could be whatever, you know, as an athlete, leadership skills and communication skills, those people skills will trump, in my opinion, any of the other skill sets that you've got. Because if you can't communicate, and and I would love for John and the rest of you to pipe in, but if you are not able to communicate effectively you're going to get passed up. You're going to miss an opportunity. And so I think part of not only the inquiry we talked about, but also being able to communicate and be interactive is critical. What are your guys' thoughts about that?
4: Real quick, I want to bring up the importance. i I'm let John
1: go. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, I
4: feel like the importance of friendship and just keeping up that communication uh, in the CSO program that I've noticed, because I was actually, uh, CSO Noura from Kuwait came to our, Leadership Training Institute at ASU a couple of years ago, and we actually became friends, and we still we are still friends over social media platforms and things like that. And I think just having those strong female friends uh, that are there to support you, and that you you know you just feel very kindred with, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a really important part of just having that confidence again and being able to take charge because. Having them there to support you, just a very powerful thing.
2: Yep. Beautifully said. And as John mentioned, like we don't wanna exclude the the men, right? Like the idea is doesn't matter who you are at the table. What I've learned in working with SciTech Institute is that I have found other people that are like me in working through these programs and working through, you know, the experiences that we've either tried to create or reinvent or just visit and experience ourselves as our own team. And so as, you know, watching middle schoolers really hash it out when I taught sixth grade math of like, I don't know what I like, and I don't know if I like the person sitting next to me and tomorrow, oh, I I do like them. I want to be friends. And that personality or that challenge that... M- you know, most middle schoolers go through just in life. I think what you're talking about is finding somebody who likes what you like, and it doesn't have to be 30 friends, but having a champion who's going to push you to be successful and care about you just in general, which is the nice part about your relationship with Sarah, right? She's a young adult that is championing you as a STEM professional, and then you have me, right, an older adult <laughs> that you're such a young professional. I love it, um, but. We're all rooting for you. And then to know that you have Nora over there saying, well, Kelly told us to do an action plan. What did you do? And to be able to balance that out is a really, really strong point. But there's also other male students that you've interacted with and helped grow and learn together. So really finding where you fit is a challenge for anybody, even at my age, right? Like where, where do we fit? So I think it's important that we kind of circle back. Oh, sorry, my alarm here. Thinking about some of our key, I would love Sarah and Shalaya to talk about a few more of the people on their list. We'll add some details in our podcast wrap-up and include it on our website links. But I also wanted to mention that the top five winners in the National STEM Competition this year were were girls. And so people are sitting up and paying attention, but I also know that there's more finalists that are stepping up and feeling more confident about it. So if we can build on that, but not just, not just girls. Like I really want us to really, you know, Katie's working on community outreach. We're trying to provide these opportunities from zero to 103 of get out there and experience what you like. Maybe you're 40 and you want to change, you know, your direction in life. You're Maybe you're 23 and you're trying to decide what's next. Right. There's there's opportunity for everybody to connect and get excited and experience these things in the world. All right. So maybe we'll run around the table for some final thoughts and um, and we'll wrap it up and just celebrate a few more items about what we're doing in SciTech. If you too want to hit the highlights of your top ladies in STEM.
4: Yeah. Do you want to talk about um, Mildred? How do you pronounce it? Dressel yes. House? Yes, 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 yes.
2: <laughs> Mildred
4: Dressel
5: House, the queen of carbon science. Pretty much the inventor of material science and engineering, which is my major, my degree, my passion, and my career field. And also the name of my cat. Ah! <laughs> I said, Shalay has seen a picture of my sweet kitty. I call her Millie. It will be
2: posted on oh, the link. <laughs>
5: ab- I have the best picture, too. It's my, it's my computer background also at my engineering office. So, yeah, I call her Millie. And then when, she, when I'm mad at her, she's Mildred. But either way, <laughs> She, Mildred Dresselhaus is an extremely admirable woman. I have three pages of notes on her. I will try to make it short. Well, wow. I don't know where to start. She received her PhD from MIT in 1958 with the thesis on superconductivity when that was not even a concept. It was pretty incredible that she was able to study the superconductor sciences, Meisner effect, and have such a foundational understanding, a fundamental understanding of the electronic structure of semi-metals and superconductors and everything in this material science world that she became focused in, well, her research started in graphite. Everyone knows what graphite is, right? That's what you write with a pencil. But graphite consists of many, many monolayers, which means layers that are one atom thick of I'm really glad
2: she explained that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I
5: I have definitions too, so I'm going to try to make it a you know, very, very clear. Um, but when you take those graphene layers and then you roll them up, they become carbon nanotubes. And carbon nanotubes are found in everything. Your phone, your tires, really anything. They're yeah, they're really cool stuff too. If you look that stuff up, it's it's really teeny tiny. They're nanomaterials. And just the prefix nano is ten to the negative nine. Right. So like... An,
2: an- <laughs> I like she looked at a third grade teacher. No, right. I
5: listening. I, uh, I not if that's right or not, <laughs> like, but you yes. want to correct me, but I'm pretty sure uh, a nanometer is a meter times 10 to the negative nine, whereas a micron is 10 tenths to the negative six. Um, and in like the field of material science, you speak in microns, micrometers. And so a nanometer is just hard to wrap your mind around. But this is the field of studies that in 1958 was pioneered by Mildred Dresselhaus. Uh, Then she moved into magneto-optics. Then she moved into circularly polarized light, which was a 1968 experiment with a neon laser, a helium neon laser. And that got her into Raman spectroscopy, which is a light scattering technique uh, where photons interact with the sample, producing scattered radiation of different wavelengths. And that is now a microscopy tool that is used in all scientists, all At all scientists' labs to better understand the materials, the microstructure, and the interactions of those molecules.
2: I can see why she's your favorite.
5: She's so cool. I I now have two pages of awards for her. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to list them all, but it was just really fascinating to see. In 2012, she was awarded the Kavli Prize. Kavli. I'm not positive how it's pronounced in nanoscience. And the quote here is that she had the prize was given to her for pioneering contributions to study. for the study of phonons, electron-phonon interactions, and thermal transport in nanostructures. She was also awarded for leadership in condensed matter physics, in energy and science policy, in service to the scientific community, just like Chalet, and in honoring women in science, just like Chalet. So many other awards, Medal of Freedom, Medal of Science, IEEE, Medal of Honor, and I could go on.
4: I actually, I also noticed in my research on her that she was... Uh, the first woman to win the National Medal of Science and Engineering. So I thought that was something that was really inspiring.
1: So I think we ought to challenge Chile to reach out to her and see if she'd want to do a show with us.
0: <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm...
1: I'm very sincere. Yeah. I am, and, too. And like we have Jake on through Skype. If she can't come to Arizona to do it with us, then we can we can bring her on via Skype. Well, wouldn't that be incredible? She's oh, already totally l- really looking would. up her email. Yeah. But, and, yeah. and she's already if, halfway
5: through yeah, the email. Already, if she didn't pass away a few years ago, oh, I think gosh. that she would love to oh, be on the I missed miss Did you already say that? I didn't, but she she, she had her PhD in 1958. So, so was When you said 2012,
1: I was trying to picture how old she might yeah, be. Oh, gosh, it was, darn it. it. It's
5: a great picture. She's a little old lady getting uh a beautiful award from Barack Obama. That's it's oh, twenty twelve. That's awesome. And just a few, I think maybe a year or two after. Oh well, uh, that's a bummer.
1: That <laughs> so was coaster. a great <laughs> idea.
2: Anybody else in nano There's so
1: many more. Well yeah. about- I was just gonna say, so that so the idea for me just popped in, right? That, that that's what this forum really ought to be. This is not just a conversation within the SciTech Institute and CSO program. I mean, yes, that's important to highlight all the movers and shakers and the the leaders and the influencers. And keep in mind that as you grow this podcast platform, you want to look to see who can come in and who can we have conversations with that that don't know who we are yet, but we're learning and watching them and we're influenced by them. And then they get to know who you are.
2: Absolutely. That's the whole part of our wrap up at the end here of talking about, you know, our call to action. The SciTech Institute is all about making those connections. The Arizona SciTech Festival is a celebration of STEM across the state of Arizona, all you know January through April. We're looking for you know additional connections. Who wants to step up, get involved, volunteer, check out a new location, um, experience STEM with our street team members, engage with our CSOs, give a presentation on workforce development. Be on a STEM panel. Get on the radio show with us here. There are so many ways that we'd like to connect. And so our call to action right now, if you're listening and you want to talk to us, shoot me an email right? They, or go on our website and contact us. We are ready to talk to additional inf- individuals.
1: What is the website and what is your
2: email? The website is <laughs> www. I don't think you have to say that anymore, do no, you? No, you
1: don't. Three <laughs> W's. <laughs> Just nix the W's and All right. start after the dot.
2: It's cytechinstitute.org and we're so excited. So I, I think this was an excellent uh Wealth of information. I'm excited to learn more about Mildred. But what we'll do is we'll post the list of the individuals that they researched. I know Shalé put a lot of work into that too. To let other people do a little bit more research on their own. But I'd like you to kind of um, have your closing thoughts. So um, let's circle around. Sorry, Jake, you're the farthest, so you have to go first. But just kind of your wrap-up thoughts about um, this month and what you're excited about Um, until next time.
0: Well... To the podcast, I'd like to say the one thing I, I hope the takeaway for a lot of people is is taking ownership. The one thing that listening to Chalet and everybody else talk is if you really want to be involved in everything else, take ownership of what's going on around you. And SciTech and Chief Science Officers really motivates people to do that. So please participate. And it's just been a great thing to be on the podcast. And I'm excited to uh, have been a part.
1: Excellent. Thanks again for being here. John, last, lasting thoughts and something to move us into the next opportunity to come together.
6: Um, so going back to something you said uh, earlier about communication, uh, all the years I've, I've been in uh, industry, the single best class I ever took being in the high-tech industries was a negotiating class. Nice. It teaches you how to think about what you want out of any interaction, what you the people you're interacting with want out of the same interaction. Uh, plan for it, go into it with your words prepared, with your thoughts prepared with an action plan for it and it's it's been the most productive thing for me and i've I've uh, recommended it to very pretty much everybody I've mentored or uh, all the young engineers and students I've been involved with over the years.
1: Great advice. Absolutely. I think there's one of those master classes that they have on social media now uh, with someone who's been a great negotiator. And uh, I was thinking about taking it myself. I never. I think we should do it together. Cons- I would love that. Let's never do it. i never considered
4: that.
2: Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm putting it on your calendar. <laughs> All right. Shalai, CSO of the Year, International Leadership Council member, superstar. What are your final thoughts?
4: Uh, I think I just wanted to, to wrap up this list of inspirational women that I had. A common theme that was found among all of them is that they were an advocate for women in STEM, and uh, just they were interested in truly a vital piece to getting people into the STEM field, specifically women, but uh, everyone. And just I think that's one of the main things that was uh, inspirational about them, the fact that they were putting that work back into the community and reaching out. And so a little bit of a call to action of my own. If, if you um, have the opportunity to do that ever, please, please take it. Because just contacting one uh, young woman could really change that person's life. And that's kind of my, my lasting message. If you take anything away from this podcast, at least from what I've shared, I hope it is that. And yeah, thank you all for for tuning in. I really appreciate being included on this project, and I think that is a, it's a very powerful thing. So.
2: Excellent. What about you,
3: Katie? And I want to piggyback just on the last two folks' thoughts there and encourage everybody to get involved. Get involved in any way you possibly can, whether it's um, a young person interested in maybe joining the CSO program or thinking about getting into a STEM program program or or pursuing interests in an area he or she would not have considered before. The just to tie a thought we had earlier back back into this, the CSO program is is, as I mentioned, a learning opportunity as well as everything that we do to connect folks and professionals and community members and students. But it's a it's a learning opportunity for young folks to learn how to be leaders is we were talking about do you have to be have those leadership tendencies to even get interested or get involved in the CSO program no it's it's an opportunity for them to learn to be leaders but i also encourage community members and professionals in the stem fields to mentor take take a, a leadership role and and mentor the younger generation they are our future um pro, Provide any information you can, whether it's your career path, how did you get where you are, or more information about the STEM fields.
2: Or maybe they're inspiring like a moment.
3: I- exactly. <laughs> absolutely. So Perfect. just get, get involved, or just somebody who wants to volunteer, help out with one of our events. You know, contact Sci- Sci- SciTech Institute and ask how you can get further
2: involved. Perfect. All right. all right. So to close us off for the STEM professional, what are your final thoughts, uh, Sarah?
5: I agree with all of the above. Um, get involved, be open to sharing with others, sharing your success and how you got there. I think that that's really key. If you already have found yourself in a comfortable position, then maybe try to bring someone up there too. And if you haven't, then have pretend. Have the confidence that you already are there because that will get you there faster than anything else. If you are nervous, if you are questioning your ability to do it, you're going to back down. But if you are terrified, but you do it anyway with the confidence that you need, then you can accomplish anything. And my final remark is that you, all of you ladies really inspire me. This has been a really powerful conversation. Um, I'm honored to be here. I'm super grateful to be In the same room as this angel, Chale, and I'm so glad you could be on our podcast. And I look forward to the next time we can all get together.
2: Perfect. And so, to Karen again, I tell you um, all the time, thank you. It's been truly a pleasure to collaborate with you and really kicking this podcast off. So um, to everybody out there, like they mentioned, visit SciTechInstitute.org for more information. Reach out; we will help get you connected.